If you haven't take problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a Chris ain't one. Hit me. Now, from the ESPN studios in New York City, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. So the trade deadline has passed. We're still waiting to see if there are any other late moves. The Colts have traded Naheem Hines to the Bills, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, in case you're just joining us earlier today, the uh, Broncos sent Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a one and other things, including uh, Chase Edmonds. So that was a big deal. The Dolphins, according to Schefter, are expected to get a deal done long term uh, with Bradley Chubb. Chase Claypool traded by the Steelers to the Chicago Bears, who are looking to get a little bit of help at receiver for uh, Justin Fields. Good move on their part. Mm-hmm. They gave up a, a second-round pick in order to get him. And then which, which other deals? Uh, we got Kareem Hunt did not get traded today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not have any other, other Browns players traded. Jack Conklin was rumored uh, to be on the block. Uh, anybody else today that I am missing at the moment that got moved? Uh, the Jets are holding on to Elijah Moore. We got TJ Hawkinson. Yes. Yeah, Hawkinson. Uh, the t- tight end from the Lions who ends up going to the Minnesota Vikings. So in Which the is division, a good move for both teams, by the way. It is. Yeah. They get a two and a three mm-hmm. for Hawkinson, who, listen, when used properly, is a darn good tight end. No, a I love really good. I love TJ Hawkinson in terms of his ability not only as a pass catcher, but in the run game to be a point-of-attack blocker. Think about what that does for Dalvin Cook and the versatility that that offense can have when they line up at 11 personnel. Carlin, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne, T.J. Hawkinson, and Dalvin Cook on the field at the same time. Good luck stopping that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to run away with the NFC North, which begs the question, what the hell are the Green Bay Packers doing? Let me see if I have the answer. Nothing. Nothing. So well, Brian Gutekunst thinks that this roster is good enough to contend at a championship level. Well, Aaron Rodgers uh, took time to get off the phone lines uh, trying to work out trades oh, he, for he his team. On, he was working the uh, to go. Well, he had to go on the Pat McAfee show for an hour first. Gotcha. Uh, so he took a little time off and left it to Gutekunst, and nothing got done. Uh, here is Aaron on the Pat McAfee show on the Bears landing receiver help. I was kind of hoping there might be, uh, you know, some news during this show that we could break uh, in lifetime. That would be pretty cool. Uh, I have had conversations with Brian, uh, you know, the, the past few weeks. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but uh, but I know that we've, uh, you know, I'm not surprised to hear that maybe we were in on the, on the clay pool, and then we'll see what happens. And uh, what happened was you got nothing. Yeah. Zero. Absolutely nothing. And here's the thing, Carlin. We keep waiting for these young wide receivers for the Packers to come around. I'll tell you, I love that Amari Rogers. Carlin, <laughs> none of these guys can create separation consistently. And so what that does is that allows defenses to line up in man coverage and create more pressure on your offensive line and on your passing attack, and not to mention, it to some degree, stifles your run game. I mean, that's the thing that, that bothers me the most about it. It's just... When you look at pers- the personnel that the Packers have, who's the guy that's going to win one-on-ones in man coverage consistently? You don't have it. So if that if you don't have that guy, and Aaron Rodgers, who's been resistant to Matt Lafleur and using more motion in the offense to help create separation by formation, if you don't have those elements, then it's going to make you that much easier to defend in the passing game. 
And that's the problem that I have with the Green Bay Packers sitting pat. Chase Claypool was a receiver that could win one-on-one in man coverage. You you forego that opportunity for what? To see the development that you're going to get from Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson or Amari Rodgers? That doesn't make any sense, Carl. And to make Matt LaFleur's offense work, you have to have receivers that can win against man coverage. For context, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, QBR against man coverage this year, 24th in the National Football League. In the three previous years, do you know what it was, Carlin? Second in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. And that's because they had Devontae Adams, a guy that they could rely on to win in man coverage that opens it up for everybody else. They don't have that guy right now. And that's why I'm surprised that they didn't make a move for Claypool, especially with what it cost them. It wasn't a first-round pick they were asking for. It was a second-round pick. And if your team turns into what you think it's capable of being when you came into this season – then you're talking about a back half of the second round pick. So well, I just don't understand why you would sit pat and not make a move at the deadline. Well, let's take it a step further. The fact that you paid Aaron Rodgers all that you did, why wouldn't you turn around and make a move to get better? Because this is not about tomorrow. It's about today. Now, maybe they feel like I do, that they're not a playoff team. Because they're not. They're not a playoff team this year. But... I guess you can make the argument you, if you have Aaron Rodgers and you actually give him a serviceable or a very good receiver, you can become a playoff team. Well, my point is you've already made your bed. Now you got to lay in it. You paid him $50 million a year. The hell you mean you're not a playoff team? Hell you mean you punting on the well, season? No, of course. You got to go and do you it. You got to go. Yeah. This is go time. Hell, who knows how many years Aaron Rodgers is going to play? He signed a three-year extension. We don't expect that he's going to finish it. So why not try to capitalize on having the back-to-back MVP? You, you have to at this point. You've seen control of your franchise to Aaron Rodgers. It makes no sense not to get him a weapon that you can rely on, a veteran wide receiver, so he doesn't have to deal with these young guys not being able to create separation down the field. That is going to continue to be a problem. If Aaron Rodgers is insistent on not turning his back to the defense in play action, if he is insistent on the offense not having a lot of pre-snap motion, then you have to have receivers that can beat one-on-ones in man coverage. And they don't have it. They don't have one. Not one. Carlin, that is the problem. And if they're the general manager, you got to recognize that and you got to make a decision. You can't sit on your hands with this. Otherwise, why the hell do you have Aaron Rodgers at your quarterback? Chris, this goes back to your point about leadership. Brian Gutekunst doesn't know what he's doing here. I mean, it's got to be better than that's that. Becoming, that's becoming obvious. Yeah. That's it, becoming it's obvious. It's thoroughly obvious. He and Aaron are having all these discussions. That's great. This team's not winning anything unless you make them better, and you had no interest in making them better here. Uh, Chase Claypool to end up with the Bears. With the Bears, because let's just say the Steelers, you, you, you could have given up a, the second-round pick and a, a fifth. Would you have done that to get better? You should have. You should have. You should have. You should have. And you could have gotten that deal done with a fifth-round pick if you threw it in. But here's the thing. You're not in a position to hedge keeping one eye on the now and one eye on the future because you got a 38-year-old quarterback that you just paid $50 million. Well, that's why they are lost. You can't hedge. hedge. It's like, all right, are you trying to win for today or are you trying to build for tomorrow? You're in a position right now where you cannot do both. It is impossible to do both. So you have to abandon – what the franchise's formula for sustained success has been in the past, and you have to push your chips to the middle of the table. The fact that you didn't means not only are you going to be at a deficit when trying to take advantage of what you're doing with Aaron Rodgers, but you're not going to be able to have the resources in cap space 
in order to build for the future. That's the part that doesn't make any sense. GM, coach, quarterback, no leadership. None. Whatsoever. And they don't know what they're doing. One guy's just going to sit there and collect the check and complain about it all. The other guy's going to sit in the middle and not do anything about it. And Gutekunst is just going to go along with whatever, but then not want to trade away his picks or get aggressive when he needs to when he was more than willing to let Devontae Adams go this past year. And then, on top of it all, there's no answer to fix the defense. (laughs) You have no answer to fix the defense. How does the defense get better? I mean, Chris, where did they get better with the trade for Devontae Adams? Has has that really panned out for them so, so far that would make a difference? No. I don't see it. No. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So here we are with the Packers, right back where we started. And Aaron, sorry, bud. Get to work. You and Romeo Dobbs are going to get a whole lot closer if you'll let them. ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app is where you can find us. That's where you can watch us as well by just opening up the ESPN app and uh, click the watch button. And look, there you are. You're welcome. Also, on the way. Steve Nash fired today by the Brooklyn Nets. They reportedly already have their replacement ready to go, and it's somebody that we didn't think we were going to see for at least a year. How did this all go down? That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Breaking news, Coach Steve Nash and the Nets mutually agreed to part ways. Steve just looks so tired of all the BS. It was constant, and increasingly in the last few days, he was just kind of done with it all. The season really just started to unravel the, the Kyrie Irving situation. This was becoming an inevitability. This was a situation that Steve Nash was not going to be able to navigate. And thus, Steve Nash is gone as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. They announced it earlier today that they were parting ways as if it was mutual. (laughs) They were consciously uncoupling. Don't you love when they issue those statements and they say a mutual parting of ways, a joint decision? Here's how it's a joint decision. You're going to pay me to walk away? I'll make that decision. Okay. 
Good enough. Yeah. Decision is joint. We're good. Yeah, get the hell out of the building. Don't worry about packing up your office. We'll have somebody do that for you. Get your stuff from the loading dock at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. This was inevitable. It frankly should have happened after last season if it was going to happen. But when it didn't happen, I'm not surprised that it happened as quickly as it did. And here's why. I believe, personally, that once the whole Ime Udoka situation went down in Boston and Kevin Durant and the Nets worked out their differences, Ime Udoka becoming the Nets coach was inevitable. Mm. And according to all reports, that's what's likely to happen in the next 24 to 48 hours. Here's what is fascinating to me. Number one, something that you've been talking about a lot today. This is a guy who in one year took his team to the conference finals, then was suspended, and they are going to let him walk away for no compensation whatsoever to a team in their division. Mm. Think about all of that. Number two, we know that Durant, among other people, loved Ime Adoka. We know that Sean Marks, the Nets GM, uh, had Adoka in San Antonio. They've had a long-term relationship, brought him to Brooklyn, and we saw how much respect the players had for Udoka uh, during that Boston Nets series this past year. Mm. I think that when Durant was in the middle of his hissy fit this offseason and he wanted to get traded, when they finally said, listen, we can't get what is commensurate value for you in a trade, so you're staying, so let's talk. I believe that part of that discussion was Listen, if things don't work out with Nash, if we get off to a bad start, look what just happened with Adoka. We'll go get your guy. Maybe not specifically like that, but hey, we'll make a change with a wink and a nod as to who it might be. But here's what I don't understand from Brooklyn's perspective. Number one, if you were willing to fire Steve Nash seven games into the season, why the hell did you bring him back in the first place? What, 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 I think what, they, sense, what sense does that well, here's make? Here's what I'm saying. I don't know that they felt like they had a better option, that they had somebody immediately that they could bring in and everybody would be happy with because Zidoka wasn't available then. No, he wasn't available then, but it just goes to show you that this organization is still backing Kyrie and KD in a situation where they owe those guys nothing in terms of loyalty or having any influence over the overall long-term direction of this team. Why would you do that with a player that said that they don't want to be there. Why would you do that with a guy that throws tantrums every other week that creates fires that your head coach and your general manager and owner now then have to put out? Why would you do that with a guy as mercurial as Kyrie Irving has shown himself to be and somebody that you can't rely on to show up at work? Carlin, none of that makes sense to me, and so that's the issue that I have with what Brooklyn is doing. There's zero accountability on behalf of Kyrie and KD, by this decision to fire Steve Nash because it points the finger of blame at Nash as to why things haven't worked out over the last three years, and nothing could be further from the truth. I don't think that this had anything to do with Kyrie. I I don't think this is trying to appease Kyrie. Chris, I mean, I, I talked to some people with the Nets this morning. 
you know, maybe this got put off a little bit because of it the Kyrie situation. It might not have to do with Kyrie, but, but, my, Kevin Durant, but here's Kevin my point. Kevin is still culpable in all of it. Of course he is. the only reason well, Kyrie Chris, feels empowered to do anything is because he's KD's best friend. Chris, if it's there's ridiculous. anybody that should feel stupid today, it's Kevin Durant. He should feel silly. He kept backing up Kyrie Irving, who kept doing nothing but letting him down at every possible turn. And then... He doubled down on backing up Kyrie. And as far as Kyrie, with his anti-Semitic tweet last week uh, that was retweeting that other movie that, you know, clearly had anti-Semitic messages, and then instead of saying, you know what, I shouldn't have retweeted that, that I was being irresponsible there and just taking it down, he took it down and said, I don't have to explain myself to anybody. Kyrie is the guy. But the owner has to explain it. That's the problem. Of course. We're not talking about the head coach. We're not talking about the GM. The freaking owner has to explain it and apologize. That is a problem. Hiring Ime Adoka does not make that problem going away. It just doesn't. No. If you make the decision that you're going to move on from Kyrie Irving or via trade or whether you waive him, well, how's Kevin Durant going to feel about that? Not great. I think Kevin Durant by this time. Probably sees no, what no, what no, is going had, on there. If he hadn't seen it the two years prior to this, then yeah. why is he going to see it? Kyrie Irving two years Do ago we have went a choice? AWOL and, and nobody knew where he was. Look not at, even KD. Look he at, went AWOL, Carl. I understand all this, and okay. I'm with you on he this. He didn't get vaccinated and missed two-thirds of the season. Kyrie Derailed has been championship a— championship aspirations this team had. He, Stop making excuses for these dudes. I'm not making any excuses for these dudes. I'm with you 100%. Kyrie should be gone, and I'm telling you right now— I believe that Kyrie will be gone soon. I, I'm going to be stunned if the Nets don't do something with him. I don't think it's going to get. I don't think he's getting traded. But I, I'm not going to be stunned at all. I'll, I will be surprised if, in fact, they keep him much longer. Well, here's the problem that I have with what you just said. Then you said that this situation developed as Ime Adoka became available, and you said, you know what, Josai. The Nets brass huddled up with KD before the season, and if this thing didn't get off to a good start, then they would fire Steve Nash and go after Ime Adoka. My problem is, if you're the Brooklyn Nets organization, and this was something that you've done to appease KD by firing Nash and moving with Adoka, what do you think is going to happen if you move on from Kyrie Irving? All of that goodwill that you built up with that head coaching change is going to go away. So what's the point in acquiescing to anything that KD and or Kyrie would want at this stage? Uh, again, this doesn't have to do with what Kyrie wants. I think they are trying but to what do. what does it matter Chris, what KD they wants? they have invested so much in the last few years in KD, and you still know the level of player that he is, that if you put somebody else next to him, they're going to be contenders. What they did was put this guy who frankly has is a narcissist in so many ways and they have let him run the show they have let everybody else except for the executives run this the players have run it from day one and they have run amok none of it's right i'm just telling you what i think happened based on run based on talking to some of those people and i don't think Kyrie's going to be here much longer so if you wave kd's best friend Kyrie irvin all of a sudden the dysfunction is going to go away I don't know about that. KD's going to be happy now because because you got rid of his guy Kyrie. He's going to be happy. But if you hired Ime Adoka, but you got rid of his guy, at some stop point, yourself. But it, stop yourself. So let me ask you something. Do you think KD is actually at the point, Chris, where he would realize that anti-Semitic comments from 
that were retweeted by Kyrie and then, frankly, doubled down upon with his statements, uh, uh, considering people who work for that organization are going to be very upset with it, considering how society would view that. Do you honestly think Kevin Durant wants to get what he wants to get with Kyrie uh, and fight society on it, who is going to be very down on the nets when you see all those people courtside with the anti fight anti-Semitism T-shirts. It's not going away anytime soon. It might not be going away, but I don't think Kate, support of Kyrie Irving ain't going away either. So I, I don't understand I that. think that it might be. I, I If it ain't going away by this point, it ain't going away now. When se- if this- it hasn't gone <laughs> away because of what's happened over the last three years, it is not going away now. As far as Udoka is concerned, here's Nick Friedle, uh on the NBA Today. Uh, he is the ESPN NBA reporter who, of course, covers the Nets on if Udoka is a good fit here. I don't think there is a coach right now that can wave the magic wand and go, oh, everything is good. And what I would say is that all makes a lot of sense, and I know that Ime has a ton of respect throughout the league. The problem is that I don't think that Kevin and Kyrie are long for Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So you would be making a move in the short term that has nothing to do with a potential fit in the next few months or next year as a, a, a last chance Hail Mary. I, I mean, anything's possible with the Nets, yeah. as I've learned uh, since I got here. But yeah. the email thing, it would just stun me if that's the way they go. Here's the last part about it. Chris, the fact that Udoka could be the head coach of the Nets less than, what, two months after what happened? There's going to be some people in Boston that are pretty ticked off about that. And you watch. We didn't get all the details about what happened up in Boston, but those people who may have been alleged victims or whomever in the organization thought they weren't going to see him for at least a year and he was going to be gone from the Celtics. Now he's going to have another job in our division in two months? You think those details aren't going to get leaked out by some pretty ticked-off people? Pay attention. This whole thing, let's call this what it is. The Nets are an abject disaster with all of this. And they, unfortunately, continued to double down themselves in letting the players run the show. And the players have run the show directly into the ground. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Trade deadline has passed in the NFL. Some deals were made. It's Canty and Carlin, 
ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can hit us up on the Canty and Carlin Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We need to evaluate the trades and the moves that were not made. We bring in our GM, our front office insider. He is Mike Tannenbaum, who joins us right now. Mike, it's Chris. And Chris, let's start with Bradley Chubb and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, evaluate that trade for us and where exactly it now positions the Dolphins in the AFC. Yeah, you know, from a Dolphin perspective, guy, you got to like it. Um, he's a young pass rusher, clearly the best one available. They have Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel Agba. Um, so from that standpoint, he should come in and be their best pass rusher. You know, the big question is, do they have a long-term deal worked out or are they going to franchise him because he only has, you know, whatever it is now, eight, nine games left on his contract. But short-term, this is, gives him a big shot in the arm and, should give them a real chance to compete for the playoffs, assuming that, you know, Tua stays healthy. Okay, so Dan Orlovsky says they're a Super Bowl contender right now, are they? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I would go that far, just given the <laughs> fact that, um, you know, their, 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 their offensive line has some question marks, but this should give them, uh, you know, a shot in the arm uh, defensively, which they need in terms of rushing the passer. Mike T, at the trade deadline, you usually don't see a same team be a buyer and a seller, but that's exactly what the Chicago Bears are. Yesterday, they traded away Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens for a second and a fifth round pick. Today, they trade for Chase Claypool, getting his services from the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you make of the Claypool move and overall the direction that new GM Ryan Poles is taking this Chicago franchise? I thought the intangibles of the Claypool trade was really important, guys, and here's what I mean by that. You just trade away Robert Quinn. You trade away Roquan Smith, who's a really good player. And it's easy to say, and Chris, you've been in the locker room, hey, we're a rebuild, and we're just going to, you know, chalk up the season. When you bring a guy like Claypool, you're saying, hey, we got our quarterback. This is going to help our quarterback this year. So I thought the intangibles of Claypool was really important for the Bears today. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining Canty and Carlin. Uh, Mike, the Packers do nothing. How? Where are the Packers right now? Can they make the playoffs, Mike? They can because seven teams make it. But um, I'll tell you what, um, I was disappointed that they didn't add a receiver. Clearly their plan hasn't worked. And um, it's one of those things where if you think about uh, what's going on with them in terms of Aaron Rodgers in the later years of his career, you draft Christian Watson in the second round, Romeo Dobbs in the fourth round. They're not playing as well as expected. Why not go and get a receiver? Mike, staying in the NFC North, the Vikings make a move in trading for TJ Hawkinson. Surprised that the Lions made a trade with the division rival? And what do you make of the deal? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a really good trade for the Vikings. Hawkinson's a good player, guys. He can block, too. Um, look, Darren Wall reset the tight end market at $17 million a year, but I love the move for Minnesota. I, I don't know why Detroit would make that trade. He's a good young player. He's a complete three-down tight end. I would have kept him. What does that make the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC playoff picture, Mike? I think they're the favorites of the North now, which I don't think any of us would have said with a rookie head coach it would have been. But uh, if Hawkinson can stay healthy, you know, with Thielen and obviously the great Justin Jefferson, this is going to be a really hard offense to defend. Mike, when we look at uh, the rest, when we look at the Cowboys right now, and they don't do anything to get better, did they need to do something before the deadline? Um, well, you know, for them, uh, I, I would say that uh, 
Odell Beckham Jr. is still the best player they could add. I think they need a receiver. They lost Amari Cooper. I think they've been much more balanced. Tony Pollard, to me, is clearly the best running back. But to me, I would have gone out try to get a receiver or down sign Odell Beckham because they still need some help to make plays on the perimeter. And if they want to get to where they want to go, they're going to have to score points with the Philadelphia Eagles. And that, to me, is the one hole they still have. Mike, who's the best team in the NFC West right now? Because it seems like that's a two-team division between the Seahawks and the 49ers. Yeah, if the 49ers, Chris, are healthy, I love their defense. You know what it's like to have big defensive linemen that are healthy that look like you, and the 49ers went healthy, have a few of those guys. Um, but Seattle, like, you know, if we're being really fair about it, Geno Smith's playing great football right now. Um, their defense, to me, uh, has some question marks, but um, I, I, I like Seattle, but if 49ers can get healthy, that'll go a long way. Mike, before I let you go, would the Rams have been better off uh, trying to sell off pieces as opposed to trying to add, as we heard, with, you know, they were in on Bradley Chubb and they offered two ones for Brian Burns and such like that, considering where they are right now. Yeah, I think it really starts up front, guys. Like, they really have trouble with their offensive line and they can't run the ball. So, unless they were going to get a couple offensive linemen, I think staying pat really makes the most sense right now for the Rams. And uh, I don't know, they, they, to me right now, just look like a team that's really struggling because. They're on offense, it's Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford getting hit a ton. Mike, as usual, great insight. Thank you for a few minutes. All right, guys, really appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Look, I think the Cowboys needed help. I, maybe it's just me. I am still incredibly skeptical about Odell Beckham and how much he can help based off of the injury and when it happened. Remember, the injury happened in February. I'm still incredibly skeptical about that. But there is a new team that has entered the Odell Beckham Jr. fray, and it's a surprising one. We'll tell you who it is next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Miles Turner, who was supposedly part of the deal that would have uh, sent himself along with, um, uh, well, from the Pacers. Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald, thank you. There you go. Uh, from the Pacers to the uh, Lakers in exchange for Russell Westbrook and two number ones. Well, Miles, on the Woj pod this week, really feels like maybe the Lakers need to reconsider. You've been hearing it for months, so I'll ask you. If you're the Lakers, would you do the two picks? Would you do the two picks? <laughs> oh, that's, that's such an intriguing question <laughs> at that. Um, 
I think personally, you know, when you look at this business of the league and, you know, knowing the landscape of the league, you know, you have to go off your future, right? And think, we, we all know pictures are so valuable in this league. And someone like myself, I'm heading into the last year of my, you know, my deal. And you want to make sure, you know, you're getting a return, you know, for your assets, right? So, you know, if I'm the Lakers, I take a very hard look at this with the position that you're in. I know what I can provide for a team, you know, my, my leadership, my shot blocking, you know, my three-point ability, and just my ability to make plays out there on the floor. And I take a very long look at it. But as far as pulling the trigger, you know, that's uh, – I get paid to shoot. Now, you know, I'm not meant to make these calls, so I, I couldn't answer that. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't answer it, but come get me. <laughs> no, that's exactly what he's saying, right? I'm wasting away out here in Indiana. Yeah. I'm in a contract year, so I'm trying to bump up my value. It's not helping that I'm on a team that's not going to win a lot of basketball games. So, yeah, I, I, I hear where he's coming from, but I don't think Miles Turner and Buddy Heald are going to change the Lakers' fortunes in terms of making them a true title contender. Which is why I probably make the decision to hold on to the picks. But the downside to staying pat, Carlin, is that you're wasting prime LeBron James. Mm-hmm. I mean, LeBron James is not going to be better than he is right now in the future. He might have better talent around him, but I don't think he's a player that's ascending. We're talking about a guy that's descending. LeBron James is on the back nine, as they like to say in golf. So that's the only part where it's a struggle for me, and it's got to be a struggle for Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka. Doing right by LeBron James, knowing that this is a guy that brought you a championship and this is a guy that's made you relevant over the last four or five seasons. The best thing that you can do is ride this out, just deal with an ugly season. LeBron has signed the extension, and then next year you have Russ's money off the books, and you can go and use that max contract on somebody else. Yeah. And that's where that's where their championship is to be won. It's not to be won with Buddy Heald and with Miles Turner and giving up those picks, which are going to be unprotected first-round picks in the future, it doesn't make any sense for them right now to do that. Here's another thing that I might think about, because this guy can't stay healthy, moving Anthony Davis. And I can't believe I'm saying this as a Lakers fan, but it's something that they got to consider. I don't know if I'd trade for him. Ed Werder says that the Cowboys and Texans discussed a potential deal for Brandon Cooks that really went up until the final minutes of the trade deadline. It did not happen. I've always liked Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's been moved around a bit. It's amazing how many times he's been traded. Yeah. I mean, I think if he had been traded, it would have been the fourth time, and that would have tied a record for an NFL player to be traded four times. But I, I he's a guy that I believe could have helped the Cowboys. Uh, the problem was the Texans, I still think, were shopping a little high and expecting to get a second-round pick in return. So... Right now, let's say we play a little game of grade the trades. All right, let's do it. Uh, Evan Wilner, you want to host? Sure. Would love then to. go ahead and host. Let's do it. The Dolphins acquire Bradley Chubb for a first-round pick and more. Chris Canty, grade the trade. I'm going to give it an A. I think this is a solid trade for the Miami Dolphins. They had to bump up their pass rush. As I mentioned before, they're 29th in pressure percentage on passing plays in the National Football League, only 15 sacks on the season. Not where you want to be for a team that has not only playoff aspirations, but wants to make some noise once they get to the postseason. I think this is a move that they absolutely had to make. And I think Tua has shown enough when he's been healthy to believe in this guy being able to get you to the tournament. I would give it an A-. minus. I think it's pretty good. I, I think it absolutely makes a huge difference for them defensively. Uh, you've mentioned throughout the show the the pass rush uh, numbers that they have, which are subpar 
to say the least. Uh, I don't know that it's going to get them over the top. That's the only reason I would say A- minus at this point. I don't mind giving up a one-plus for him. Chase Claypool acquired by the Bears. They give up a second-round pick. Grade the trade. Uh, first of all, the second-round pick that they gave up was their own second-round pick. Which is going to be a high pick. Exactly. I don't love the trade. I'm going to give this trade a B-minus for the Bears. Now, I was the one who suggested yesterday that they ought to look at the trade market to try to get a receiver now because the offseason, there's not a ton in free agency. Maybe they could get one at a reasonable price. I think they overpaid for Chase Claypool here. Yeah, I don't know that they overpaid for it. I'm going to give it an A-. minus. I'm bullish on it because I like the idea of Justin Fields going into the second half of the season with his top three receivers being Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Nikhil Harry, and Equiminius St. Brown. I said four guys. I said not top three. But I like the receiving core that they're trying to put around him, not to mention having Cole Komet and David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert in the backfield. They're taking the approach of having an offense, an offensive identity, as opposed to the identity being on the defensive side of the ball. And that's what we've seen from the Chicago Bears since forever. So I like the fact that they're transitioning out of that mentality because they got a young quarterback that they believe in. I am surprised they didn't move Montgomery. I thought that would happen. Well, they run the football better than anybody in the NFL. They I do. I wouldn't mess with that. Next. Yeah, they had two first-round picks, the Bears, because they traded Roquan Smith. That was yesterday, so grade that trade. The Ravens acquiring Roquan Smith, can't he? Uh, I think it's an A. I'm giving out A's. I'm in a giving mood right now. But listen. Man, where were you when I was in college? Right? I'm telling you. I grade on a curve. But no, I like this move for the Baltimore Ravens. And if you heard what Eric DaCosta said today, Roquan fits seamlessly into the culture for the Baltimore Ravens. Pairing him with Patrick Queen is going to eliminate some of the the, the collapses that we've seen from that Ravens defense in the second half. It's going to get rid of the miscommunication between the second-level defenders and the third-level defenders in the passing game because Roquan Smith is one of the best coverage linebackers in all the NFL. So I love this move for Baltimore. They had to do something on the defensive side of the ball. They added the leading tackler in the National Football League, a 25-year-old All-Pro. It's an A for Baltimore. I would have thought the Bears could have done a little better. So I'm going to grade it from the Bears' side, too. And I'm going to give it a C from the Bears' side. I think they could have gotten a little bit more for everything that you just described in a dynamic player. Uh, The Ravens, listen, this is just going to help them immensely, and I think it'll be great for their confidence, especially in the fourth quarter of games. I still wish they had a little more help on the back end, but you're right. This, From what I can gather from things that you have talked about, I'm not going to sit here and proclaim to be an expert, but if the communication is going to improve, it'll make a huge difference. Next! The Vikings acquired TJ Hawkinson for a second and third round pick. Carlin, grade the trade. I would give this trade a solid B+. Um, You gave up a lot. You gave up a lot, and you gave it up in the division, but you took away a tight end from a team in the division. Hawkinson's a very good player, and, I mean, think about what they had already. They already had K.J. Osborne as their third receiver behind Thielen and Jefferson, Mm -hmm. and now you're making this guy your tight end. Listen, Kyle Rudolph back in the day was pretty good. This guy's infinitely better than they've had a tight end in a long, long time. Yeah, I would give this trade a B-minus just because you gave up so much. And the tight end that you got there ain't all bad. Irv Smith Jr. is a pretty damn good player. He's got 22, he's not Hawkinson. He's got 22 catches and two touchdowns on the season. So, I mean, it's not like he's awful, and I thought he fit within your core, but apparently they want to have a more tight end-centric offense, and I think that complements Dalvin Cook in the running game. So, 
I think this is a situation where the rich gets richer. You already have a top 10 scoring offense. TJ Hawkinson's only going to take that to the next level. Good blocker as well. Next. Yeah. And Irv Smith obviously hurts, so that'll, you know, while Irv Smith recovers, they'll have Hawkinson. So, Calvin Ridley, who is suspended for the year for a conditional fourth-round pick, could become a second. Ridley goes to the Jaguars from the Falcons. Carlin, grade the trade. I, I like this for the Jaguars. Uh, I would give it, a again, solid B-plus here uh, because they're looking toward next year. And Calvin Ridley's a really good receiver. I mean, if you have Ridley and Kirk, who has proven to be better than we all gave him credit for, we all just felt like he was remarkably overpaid this offseason, uh, you've got some things to work with offensively. Now it's going to be on Trevor Lawrence next year to get better. I, I like the move moving toward next season. Yeah, I like the move too. I would probably give this trade a B. It's a solid move. I, I don't think it's one of those things that moves the needle for me. Um, but I think it is going to help Trevor Lawrence's overall development. And judging by Doug Peterson's commentary about how he wants Trevor to be more aggressive, I've got to imagine that they envision Calvin Ridley being a big part of that next year. Mm. Next. Last one. We knew the Bills were in on um, Alvin Kamara. They end up getting Naheem Himes from the Colts for a conditional sixth and running back Zach Moss. Grade the trade, Canty. Uh, I'm going to give this one a C. I don't think it, it, it moves the needle because I think the lead backs for the Buffalo Bills are going to be Devin Singletary and James Cook. They like what James Cook brings, not only in the running game, but also as a receiver out of the backfield, made a big big catch against the Green Bay Packers. Naeem Hines has value as a third running back, also as a special teamer with the return game. So I'm going to give it a C. Yeah, C minus. It doesn't move the needle for me at all. It doesn't make them all the much better. If it had been Kamara, that would have been one thing, and maybe that's jumping too much, but no, I, it doesn't do it for me. Boy, if I ever brought home a C, I was going to hear about it. Really? Oh, yeah. C's get degrees, man. I, I know, but... C's mm, get degrees. Yeah, they get other things in my house. <laughs> <laughs>